0: Hi, welcome to Howard L. Science. I'm thrilled to have you join me for today's episode. Today, we're diving into a topic that's near and dear to every science teacher's heart, anchoring phenomena. So picture this, you're gearing up to start a new unit in your science class, and you want to kick things off with a bang. That's where anchoring phenomena come into play. These are real world captivating events or observations that serve as a cornerstone of your unit. Think of them as the North Star guiding your student's journey through the world of science. Now, as an educator, you might be wondering how to effectively introduce anchoring phenomena to your students. Well, I'll share my first experience using anchoring phenomena, and it's been a learning experience since. It was during my student teaching years, and we were going to learn about the nervous system. I started the lesson with, Why Might You Die?, if you eat puffer fish. Suddenly, students' curiosity is at its maximum. Students are intrigued and eager to unravel the mystery behind why consuming something seemingly harmless could lead to such dire consequences. When I asked this question, students shared their thoughts, some shared they have tried it, some shared their trips to Japan. This initial inquiry serves as a powerful anchor, setting the stage for a deeper exploration into the nervous system. Why? Because as we learn about tetradotoxin or TTX, the toxin pufferfish release and its effects on sodium channels and the impact it has on muscles, students are driven by a purposeful quest for understanding by connecting the concept of TTX to the real world context of pufferfish consumption students are not only engaged, but also motivated to comprehend the intricate workings of the nervous system. This anchoring phenomena ignites their curiosity and propels them towards a deeper understanding of complex biological concepts. Another key aspect of anchoring phenomena is their ability to provide a meaningful context for learning. By starting with a compelling real-world example, You're laying the groundwork for students to explore scientific concepts in a relevant and engaging way. Plus, revisiting the anchoring phenomena throughout the unit reinforces key concepts and deepens students' understanding. I would say one thing I learned when I first used my anchoring phenomena question of the pufferfish was that I referred to the question or the anchoring phenomena frequently to the point that students lost interest. That was my biggest learning curve with anchoring phenomena. However, other times that I've used it, I've learned that after students learn a concept and then coming back to the anchoring phenomena and having a class discussion and asking students how does this new concept help us understand our anchoring phenomena better and having students direct the discussion. That was like the best way for students to comprehend the scientific concepts behind the anchoring phenomena. Another tip and I describe it a bit more in my blog, howardellscience.com, but I like to use anchoring phenomena questions as a formative assessment. So what I'll do is I'll get a half sheet of paper and I'll ask the question and I have students write the responses down. And I give it like 30 seconds as I'm walking around the classroom, I see students writing down the responses. And then I say, if you're unsure, of the response, then write anything, you know, on the topic, or if you do not know anything, that's okay. Write I don't know. Why do I wait 30 seconds? Because as we all know, we have those students that will automatically put, I don't know when we tell, if we were to tell them right away. And then after they're all done writing their responses, I collect them. I don't let anyone talk during this time. Why? Because I don't want students to tell their partners what to write down. I really want it to be a genuine response. And I make sure they also know that this is not graded. At the end of the unit, this is after all our class discussions about the anchoring phenomenon, scientific concepts. At the end of the unit, I will ask them again the question, hand them back the half sheets of paper that they filled out before the unit. And then I have them answer the question again. If you have not done this, I highly recommend it because uh, it has been such a positive experience for me to see the intellectual growth that students have. And then not only that, but just the academic vocabulary increases. You see students before maybe they put, I don't know, but then afterwards they used academic vocabulary learned throughout the unit and they use it correctly. And that alone is such a win for us teachers. So I highly recommend using Anchoring phenomena and using these half sheets as formative assessment to show their learning and to show also that, you know, you did amazing and students learned from you. Well, fellow educators, that's a wrap for today's episode of Howard L. Science Chat. I hope you've gained some valuable insights into the power of anchoring phenomena in science education. Remember, as educators, we have the unique opportunity to infuse our own passion and enthusiasm into every lesson we teach. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep igniting the curiosity and fostering a love for science in your classrooms. This has been Howard L. Science. See you on the next episode.